This is Kevin Sullivan, and I was proud to be on Chair Shots to the Cranium. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Chair Shots to the Cranium. I'm Stephen Goforth. I have a lot of things bouncing around in my cranium this week in the world of wrestling. Before I jump into that and before we jump into the predictions for Extreme Rules, let me remind you of how can you get better connected with Cheer Shots to the Cranium. Well, let's talk about that. Social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Go follow us on Instagram and on Twitter, Cheer 2 Cranium. That's Cheer, the number 2 Cranium, Cheer 2 Cranium on Instagram. And on Twitter, and just go to Facebook and search Chair Shots to the Cranium, and you will find us. Also, YouTube, Chair Shots to the Cranium, subscribe. You can listen to us on pretty much every major platform out there Apple, Google, Spotify, you name it, and we are on there. Go search us. Your support is tremendously appreciated. Also, don't forget about the website, Chair Shots to the Cranium.com. On there, a lot of cool links to other wrestling related websites as well as past episodes, past interviews. Don't want to miss any of the past interviews that I've done. You'll be thoroughly entertained by it. And again, your support is so very appreciated. Last but not least, get your very own Cheer Shots to the Cranium merch to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash Cheer Shots to the Cranium. Got four cool options out there for you, and you'll be the talk of the town. And I'm not just kidding when I say this. I'm not just throwing this out there so you go buy a t-shirt. I'm being dead honest with you. Anytime I've worn this t-shirt out in public, gotten a lot of great feedback. Love your shirt. That's so awesome. Where did you get it? Especially when I go to any type of wrestling event. It really pops. People love it. You will not be disappointed. And you'll be the most popular person in the room when you're wearing this t-shirt. I can guarantee it. So again, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash cheer shots to the cranium. I'd like to encourage all of you to go listen to the Buff and Booch podcast. My good friend Vinny Bucci and Buff Bagwell have their own podcast. Again, Buff and Booch cast. You can listen to it on Podbean. It has been a very successful podcast so far. Had two great guests on there, Diamond Dallas Page and Lex Luger. So you don't want to miss this fantastic podcast. Again, Buff and Booch cast. You don't want to miss it. Go download it right now on Podbean. Without further ado, let's jump right into the Cranium Correspondence. So, it's been a minute since I've been with you guys, and there's a lot of things I'm going to talk about today that may have happened a few weeks ago, uh, but I do want to touch on it. It's something uh, that's important to me, and just some things that really stood out to me that I want to share with you guys. First and foremost, let's talk about that chair shot to the cranium. Yes, you heard it. Chair shot to the cranium that Cody took during Fighter Fest. So, a lot of people were criticizing this, saying it was an unprotected chair shot, that Cody should have never done it, that uh, you know it was delivered the wrong way, uh, they should have checked the chair to make sure there was nothing wrong with it. All these different things were going on out there. Totally understand it, totally get it. But you know what? I was glad to see it. I, I was glad that the AEW stepped outside of the box and said, you know what, we're going to start delivering chair shots to the cranium again. And let's see how it goes. This one did not go well, obviously, with Cody getting busted open pretty good, requiring a significant amount of stitches in his head. 
So the debate rages on is should chairs be gimmicked? And gimmicked meaning should they set it up so that it's uh, a little fake, more fake of a prop or maybe... I shouldn't use the word fake. Let's not use that word. Maybe it's more of a rigged prop and that uh, it wouldn't uh, create such devastation and possible concussion and injury. Uh, you know, I, I go back and forth on it. I think that whatever's best for the wrestler, you should do it. So if a gimmick chair is the best way to go to still give that effect that they're just getting a cranium rattling chair shot, but yet protecting them at the same time, I say do it. I say gimmick the hell out of that chair and let's protect the wrestlers and yet still deliver that 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 cranium shot like I've been talking about that just people jump out of their seat over and instantly tweet about. So I you know I think that should be uh, something that's highly considered and maybe it already is. So gimmick chair, are you for it? Are you against it? Comment. Let's hear your thoughts on it. Let me talk about MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Is this guy the next breakout star or breakout heel in professional wrestling? If you have not had a chance to, to listen to his promos, to listen to any interviews that he's done, watch his matches. He is a he's a very talented individual. And he's obviously, if you've seen it already, very edgy in the things that he says, the words that he uses. And I like it. I think it's something different. I think it's something that's getting people talking. It's creating a buzz in the world of professional wrestling. And he carries himself and delivers this with passion and with conviction. And no matter what he's saying, no matter the words that are coming out of his mouth, whether you agree with that or disagree with that, you have to respect the conviction, the passion that he's delivering it with. So I like MJF. I'm very excited to see where things go with him from this point forward. I think that somebody that AEW can get behind and push to the to the stars and to the heavens, and uh, I think he can be a really good face for that company. I love him as a heel. Uh, he's been floating back and forth a little bit in some of the stuff he says, in my opinion. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, everything I say today and everything you're listening to, for the most part, is my opinion. Either you're going to respect that or you're not going to respect that. You're going to agree or you're going to disagree. That's why we do podcasts. That's why you listen. And it's okay to have differences of opinion. But my opinion is there's been times where you know, you see a little bit of a uh, soft side to him in, in talking about Cody and an injury. But then there's times, most of the time, you see the heel factor in him. Obviously, primarily, he is set up to be a heel. And I like it. I think he needs to stay there, do it. He delivers a very high-quality and terrific wrestling match when he's in the ring. So MJF, Maxwell, Jacob Friedman, keep your eyes on this guy. A lot of great things to come. Someone else I think you need to keep your eyes on is Darby Allen in AEW. Darby had a, I thought, a wonderful match with Cody Rhodes at Fighter Fest. And Darby, I, and honestly, I have not heard much about Darby Allen prior to AEW. And seeing him so far, I have been extremely impressed with this guy. I'm impressed with his look and most specifically impressed with his in-ring ability. This guy is an entertainer and he knows how to turn it up when he steps inside those ropes. Keep your eye on Darby Allen. I cannot wait to watch another match with him and I cannot wait to see where he goes with AEW. AEW as a whole, if you've not sat down and really looked at their roster, a roster full 
of a lot of young guys who are hungry, who are very talented, and who are going to entertain your ass off when they go to TNT and have their weekly episodic television show. Watch Darby Allen. He's going to be a good one. While we're on the subject of AEW, I want to talk about the win-loss record that they're going to keep up with. I love this idea. Gosh, I love it so much. When you can go online, you can look up the records, the overall records of each wrestler. I think that is, I don't know if it's a, if it's a statistics thing that I enjoy the most because I love statistics. I love looking at ratios and percentages and uh, percentages of win-loss records. I mean, if you think about it, it's what we do for every sport that's out there, okay? We keep up with wins and losses. And I just love the fact that they're doing this. This makes me way more interested in the wrestling matches and because that's something that I've always sort of, I guess, pushed to the back burner. I know that sounds crazy. You like professional wrestling, you got to watch the wrestling matches. I was more into the promos, more into the backstage segments, and not so much into the wrestling matches unless I had or saw two guys that uh, could really turn it up in the ring and, and could really put on a good story. And I don't want you to misunderstand that. It's not that I don't take interest in the wrestling matches. It's just I have not been as interesting, interested in the wrestling matches as of late with the WWE product as I was the backstage segments or the promos. So now I'm like fully invested in these wrestling matches and, and want to see a winner or a loser because it's going to affect their record. I just think it's an outstanding idea. I think it's brilliant on the part of AEW to do this. And because, again, it's going to make fans like myself more interested in the outcome of the match because we have not had that with WWE. So, again, kudos to AEW. Cannot wait to see how the win-loss record thing plays out and how these men and women do with their records and, and where it takes them and how long they're going to let the win-loss record compile up. Is this something they're going to do for the total existence of AEW? Just something they're doing in the beginning? Very interesting stuff, and I uh, can't wait to see what happens. Let's talk about Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman taking over SmackDown and Raw, respectively, in terms of executive directors. I think this is a fantastic move. These two guys are brilliant, and obviously the, their, their history and their uh, past speaks for itself, and nothing needs to be proven from either one of these two gentlemen in terms of their knowledge of professional wrestling and their expertise and how to draw fans into their product. They've both been very successful. Eric Bischoff, of course, with WCW, Paul Heyman with up with ECW. And I, I think I think Vince made the right move here. It's just a matter of will he let go of everything? Will he let these two guys run their shows and only answer directly to him, to Vince? Leave everybody else out of this. Yes, you have your writers that are going to play a part in this and are going to help them with the product itself and writing the storylines. But ultimately, the decision needs to come down to Eric Bischoff and to Paul Heyman as to what gets on television. And I hope that Vince will give them the opportunity to do that as opposed to, I don't want to say interfering because it's his company, he has every right to do so. But to not be so hands-on, to not, to not micromanage the situation as much as he's been doing. And I get it. I understand it's his baby. It's his product. He wants to make sure it's coming off the way he wants it to. But you got to trust these guys. They know what they're doing. You don't have to micromanage them and let them do what they do best. Just if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. All right? Back up and punt. But I think it will. So Eric Bischoff, 
Paul Heyman over SmackDown, over Raw. Let's see what happens, and it should be very, very interesting. What are your thoughts on having less pay-per-views per year? Of course, right now we have a pay-per-view each month. The debate can start or, or uh, can definitely heat up as to whether or not WWE needs to scale back on the number of pay-per-views, thus making the pay-per-views that they decide to do far more important. Of course, back in the day, if you've listened to past podcasts that I've done, you talked about, or I've talked about rather, the four major pay-per-views per year. It was WrestleMania, it was SummerSlam, it was Royal Rumble. Let's back up for a second. Let's do it in order. We had Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. Four pay-per-views a year. Of course, they started adding from there. I don't know if you should, they should scale it back to just those four, but maybe have six to eight. Six to eight pay-per-views a year. You know, I think Money in the Bank should definitely be one of those. But see what happens with that. I honestly think that it's just overkill having one pay-per-view per month. Now, I understand this comes down to money. And pay-per-views drive money in the door. But what about having less pay-per-views, more, take it on the road more? I guess you got from a business standpoint, you got to look and see which one is more economical, which one is going to bring me more money as a business owner in Vince McMahon. And that's the way he's got to look at this. So what's going to be more profitable for him? And, and and decide from there. You know, it could be that, hey, I'm going to save more money by taking it on the road and doing more house shows, but maybe I'm not making as much per show. So, again, I'm not behind the scenes. I don't know what goes on there. I'm just spewing from my mouth right now. But I really think that you're going to add more significance to each pay-per-view if you had less. However, another drawback would be that well, you know, if you're not having as many pay-per-views, you can't give the talent as much exposure. So it's, a, it's something that can be debated for hours. Some people are like, you're absolutely crazy. They need to stick with 12 pay-per-views a year. Heck, they may probably need to add more pay-per-views a year. And some people feel the way I'm talking right now. Hey, let's do less. Let's make them more significant. Less or more, what's your opinion? Comment below. WWE leaving the PG era. Is this going to happen? We're starting to see shades of it already. We're starting to see language used and gestures used on SmackDown and on Raw that have not been used before. Is Vince finally saying, hey, you know what? It's time to get away from the PG era. It's time to get a little edgier, especially considering AEW coming along. Now, I don't know how much AEW is playing into their decision making, but obviously they need to be aware of what's happening with them. What do the fans want? It's clear that the fans want something a little edgier. Uh, as a parent, you know, with Addison, I don't know how I feel about it. She's starting to get to an age where she's moving away from the PG era in some of the movies that she that she watches and some of the music that she listens to. And um, obviously we monitor that as, as her parents. So we'll have to make that decision. Is this a product that if they start getting edgier and edgier, is it something we want her to be a part of, or is it still okay? I don't know if they'll ever get back to what it was in terms of the Attitude Era, and, and they may. Who knows? Uh, but you, I don't know if they're getting pressure from the Fox Network and maybe from USA for ratings, and they know that having something that's a little edgier is going to produce ratings. Also, they maybe they've lost some of the demographic from the 18 to 30-year-old. Maybe they're not quite as interested anymore because it's more PG-related. So there's a lot of decisions that need to go into this and needs to be thought out carefully, which I'm sure they're doing. Uh, 
I'm not sure how I feel about it yet. I think that um, I've enjoyed the PG era. I also enjoyed the Attitude era. So maybe a little mixture of the two, but kind of blend them together would be the uh, the answer on that. So time will tell. So it's clear that, that WWE is leaving the PG era. Let's just see how far they leave it behind. The last topic on my cranium for this episode is The Miz. When will The Miz be the world champion again or universal champion? There's a lot of you out there that are listening that absolutely cannot stand The Miz. Why you would feel that way, I have absolutely no idea. The guy can put on one heck of a promo. He knows how to get that mic in his hand and gain the attention of the crowd. And the guy can wrestle. Those things can be debatable. We can talk about this all day long. But The Miz deserves another run as the top guy. I don't think that he needs a WWE title. or I don't think he needs the Universal title to be over. But in my opinion, I think the Universal title or the WWE title needs The Miz. And I'm not trying to say that there's no credibility with the Universal title or the WWE championship. Certainly there is. And certainly Seth Rollins and Kofi Kingston are doing a heck of a job as champions. But I would love to see The Miz put his twist on those on those championships. Put it around his waist or put it over his shoulder. See what he can do to it. See what kind of uh, excitement or flair or see what he can provide to those championships in terms of his personality and storylines and so forth. I think it's time to put the belt back on him. It's been since 2011, since The Miz was champion, since he was world champion, WWE champion. It's time again. It's been eight years. See what the guy can do with it. I think he will not disappoint. He's clearly a company guy. He has the attention of the fans. Love him or hate him. I think he'd do a, a fantastic job. Should he be heel? Should he be face? I don't know. I like a, I like the heel Miz better. So I think he'd do a, a really, really good as a heel champion. So The Miz, I think it's time put the world title, put the universal title back around his waist. A couple more things I want to touch on before I let you go. I know I said that was the last thing on my cranium, but I do have a couple other things that I want to touch on. AEW Fight for the Fallen, Saturday, July the 13th at 8.30 p.m., streaming free on Bleacher Report. Make sure you check that out. Now, if you watched Fighter Fest on Bleacher Report, I don't know if you noticed, maybe it was just me, but I, from what I'm hearing, a lot of people had some issues with it streaming because I think a lot of people were, were trying, to, uh, t- trying to watch it. My suggestion... Connect to it early. That way you, you have less issues and be patient with it if it starts streaming out or, or gets slow on you or locks up or whatever. I had to come out and back in several times when watching Fighter Fest. Could have been my internet connection. I have a pretty strong one at my house. I don't think that was it. So again, just a heads up to you. Just be patient with it. It's free, ladies and gentlemen, and it's very much worth watching. A few of the matches on the card, the Young Bucks are going to go up against Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes. Kenny Omega versus Shima. I think that's going to be an outstanding match. SoCal Uncensored. That's Frankie Kazarian. And Scorpio Sky versus the Lucha Brothers. Hangman Page against Kip Sabian. Brandy Rose versus Allie. And then Joey Janela, Jimmy Havoc, and Darby Allen versus Sean Spears, MJF, and Sammy Guevara. I think that's going to be another fantastic matchup. Don't miss... AEW's Fight for the Fallen, again, Saturday, July the 13th, 8.30 p.m., streaming free 
on Bleacher Report. Before I go, I also want to mention, of course, my favorite promotion, Universal Championship Wrestling, UCW Summer Slamboree, coming Saturday, July the 27th in Dallas, Georgia. Make sure you get a ticket to this event, ladies and gentlemen. UCW puts on one heck of a show, and they will not disappoint for this one. Stars such as P.J. Black, Johnny Impact, F.K.A. John Morrison, Johnny Swinger, Heidi Katrina, Kid Cash, Buff Bagwell, up-and-coming fantastic stars such as Leo Pride, Elijah Proctor, Lucky Ali, Damian Legion, and of course our tag team champions, Team Fearless, Lodi and Scotty Matthews. You got kicks and flips to Curry and King Garuda. Let me tell you something. I can go on all night long about the talent that's at Universal Championship Wrestling. You've got to see it for yourself. They already have some fantastic matches lined up. You got Johnny versus Johnny, Johnny Swinger versus Johnny Impact, the no DQ match. That is going to be a hell of a matchup. The U.S. title will be on the line with the champion, Kid Cash, defending in a three way against Lucky Ali and PJ Black. Buff Bagwell squaring off against Nature Boy, Paul Lee, Heidi, Katrina against Stormy Lee. Team Fearless putting those tag team titles on the line against Evil Inc. We have these matches and many, many more. Don't miss it. How do I buy a ticket? Go to ucwtv.com. Again, ucwtv.com to purchase your tickets for Dallas, Georgia, Summer Slamboree. Whatever you do, Try to get to this event. Get on a plane. Get on a bus. Take a road trip with your buddies to Dallas, Georgia. Dallas, Georgia, if you don't know where it's at, slightly west of Atlanta. While you're there, visit Atlanta. Make it a weekend trip. You're not going to be disappointed. Again, Universal Championship Wrestling, July the 27th. Bell time is 7.30. Do what you got to do, but be there. All right, so without further ado, let's jump right into the Extreme Rules Predictions. I'm going to bring in my co-host, Addison. Hey, what's up, everybody? It is prediction time again. Extreme Rules this Sunday, July the 14th, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we are back with our predictions. We missed you guys last month. We had some scheduling conflict. We were not able to do predictions on a podcast last month. If you saw our Instagram page or our Facebook page, you saw where we kind of posted our predictions on there. Speaking of which... This guy right here no. tore it up in terms of my predictions. Oh, no. How about that one? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. All right, before we get into it, welcome, Addison. What's going on? What is popping? What's popping? I don't know. Some popcorn, maybe. I don't know. After we do oh, this gosh. Extreme Rules prediction, oh, what's popping? Oh, All right, so predictions. Last time, stomping grounds. Addison goes six wins, three losses. This guy goes nine wins and zero losses. A perfect prediction record. That put me how, back in the ball game. I don't know how, and I'm I don't know really how I, upset now. I don't know how I did either. I don't know how I did either. But now I have a one-game advantage in terms of wins. 54 wins compared to your 53. 
I have 21 losses. You have 23. So I'm narrowly hanging on to the prediction championship at this point. Yeah, and I'm mad about that. I'm very, very mad about that. Well, only one way to change that, and that is beating me this time. Yeah, I'll try. I'm, I'm trying. I will try. All right. Well, not saying I've been trying, you know, previous yeah. times. It's yeah. just haven't been uh, luck. Haven't been on your side. You've been beating my tail the entire time up until now. So kudos to you on that one. Yeah. All right. Let's kick it off. The cruiserweight championship match. The champion Drew Gulick versus Tony Nice. So I picked Drew to win the Cruiserweight Championship, obviously, in the last prediction show. I mm-hmm. think he's got what it takes. I'm going with Drew hanging on to that championship. Who do you got? Well, I don't really pay attention to the Cruiserweight Champion like chip that much. And I probably should more than I like do. But I'm going to go with Drew Gullick just because he's a champion. Okay. All right. So we both agree on that one. You picked Drew. So did I. All right, let's go into the next one, which I'm super, super pumped about. We finally found out yeah. who Alistair Black's opponent is going to be. He's been doing all these vignettes leading up to the pay-per-view. He had a knock, he had a knock on his door of who his opponent was going to be. Revealed it's going to be Cesaro. Mm. This match is going to be outstanding. Who do you yeah. have? Oh, my goodness. Um, I just think that Aleister Black has been very, very involved in this, and he's just asking for it. Like, I feel like he has so much, like, strength in him. Like, he's just asking for anyone to come on and knock on his door to fight anyone. So I'm going to go with Aleister Black. All right, I agree with you. I think Aleister Black is uh, – I don't think we've been seeing these vignettes for nothing. I think Aleister Black is uh, very ready. I think he is prepared. He is ready to get back in that ring, and uh, Cesaro is going to be his first victim back. So Aleister Black is going to be your winner of that one. All right, let's jump into the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. Really excited about this one. (laughs) The champions, Daniel Bryan and Rowan versus the New Day versus Heavy Machinery. All right, so I've been going back and forth on this one all day long. Does the New Day get another reign as Tag Team Champions? Or does Daniel Bryan and Rowan hang on to the championships? Or do we see possibly what I think is one of the hottest tag teams going right now, new tag teams going right now, in heavy machinery? How do you not like the Caterpillar? I mean, honestly, that thing is wicked, it's, okay? It's awesome. That's like probably one of the best signature moves that I've ever seen. It's, it's pretty entertaining. So I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say that heavy machinery... Are your new tag team champions walking out of Extreme Rules? Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to agree with you because, like, who can't agree that, like, the Heavy Machinery is going to win? Because, like, they are amazing. Honestly, I like them a lot. All right. So, I think it's a risk, but I, I think it's a, wi- a risk worth taking. Again, Heavy Machinery, your new tag team champions after Extreme Rules. All right. Let's head into the Raw Tag Team Championship match. The champions, the Revival versus the Usos. This is another one I've gone back and forth on, but I'm going to let you take this one. I'm actually going to go with the Usos because I don't really like the Revival that much at all. Like, they're just not interesting to me. Like, I just don't like them. They're old school wrestling. That's why you're not interested in them as much. Sure, we'll go with that. So, I, I, I love the Revival. I think they're fantastic. It brings me back to my childhood, of especially the Andersons. And remind me a lot of them, as I mentioned in past prediction shows, I love the Revival. So you're going with the Usos. Yes. I'm going with the Revival. That's how we differ so far. 
All right, so let's see uh, let's see how that plays out. It's going to be a good one. It could go either way, as we yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the revival is going to hang on. All right, the next one is the SmackDown Women's Championship. The champion, Bailey versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. It is a two-on-one handicap match. Wow. Yeah, wow. Wow, that's all I got to say, man. Yeah. Wow. Two-on-one handicap. That's making uh, making things tough on Bailey. Definitely mm-hmm. stacking the odds against yeah. her. If you saw the uh, interview of the signing of the contract on SmackDown this week, Alexa Bliss was nowhere to be found. She sent uh, Nikki Cross out there to do the dirty work in terms of talking crap, signing that contract, mm-hmm. and uh, she makes a very Nikki makes a very bold statement in that yeah, uh, yeah. in that uh, contract signing, saying that her and Alexa will be the first co-champion of the SmackDown Women's Title. Yeah, interesting. So, who do you think? First of all, I just really don't like what they've done with Nikki Cross's character. I just don't like it because it's not her. Yeah. Like the music, they obviously like they changed the character. The music doesn't fit her character anymore, and yeah. I feel like they need to change that. But I just don't like her character right now. Yeah, it's she, just weird. She was that ballistic, uh, going crazy, running yeah. to the ring. Uh, almost like a, a Tasmanian devil type yeah, character yeah. where she just used a loose cannon. It was interesting. It, it was interesting. I agree. Uh, yeah. So who do you think here? Um, goodness, this is hard for me. I really, it's really, really hard for me. But I'm probably gonna have to go with Bailey because I feel like I have so much faith in Bailey. Like if you like know in the past, um, in the past podcast that we've done, like predictions, you guys know that Bailey is one of my favorite wrestlers. And, like, I don't know, sometimes I think that I don't want to be putting it out there. I'm choosing her just because, like, she's my favorite. Like, I'm not. I'm really not. Like, you saw that one of the past prediction shows that I chose, like, whoever she was facing yeah, instead yeah. of her. Yeah, you went against her on that one, yeah. Yeah. But now I'm going to choose Bailey because I just feel like she's just going to beat them so hard. Well, you know, this is another one I go back and forth on. Uh, I, I, I kind of like the idea. I think it would, it would be a very interesting storyline, seeing how things would play out if Alexa and Nikki won. Who's going to be the real champion? Uh, Alexa's going to claim that, hey, no, I'm the champion, but I think that Nikki's going to get a pinfall here to give them the victory, and then mm. she can debate, no, I'm the champion for real. So I think that, as much as I hate to say this, I think Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are going to win the match, and we're going to get to see some exciting storylines on SmackDown on how they go back and forth on who's the champion. Yeah, I just think Alexa Bliss is definitely using Nikki. No, no doubt. No question. Yeah, they're just... Alexa Bliss is just using her, which makes me so mad. Yeah. Well, that's what she does best, right? Oh, yeah. She's done it for years. Yep, yep, mm-hmm. All right, so Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley in a last man standing match. So, as all of you know, that tremendous segment on Raw where Braun Strowman speared Bobby Lashley through the uh, through the television screen, I guess you could call it, or no, the, the, the was, set. Yeah, that was interesting, that but was, it was also very dangerous. It was. It was on both of those accounts. So, on this one, I'm going to go with Bobby Lashley. Who do yeah. you think? I'm probably going to go with Braun Strowman just because, you know... I don't think that Bobby Lashley's gonna defeat. Oh my God, that that's definitely gonna get crazy. Like, there's gonna be so much destruction in that match that like Bobby Lashley can't go against 
Braun Strowman without losing. Okay, so Bobby Lashley is going yes. down to Braun Strowman. I take Bobby Lashley, so we differ on yet another. The last three we've differed. Yes. All right, we're going on other ends of the spectrum here. Yes. All right, so Bobby Lashley is going to be my winner. Braun Strowman is yours. Yes. The next match is the United States Championship. The champion, Ricochet versus AJ Styles. Man, this, this match is going to be so good. Yeah, I agree. The two are just going to go great together. I agree. Honestly. I agree. It had a, had a great match on Raw. And, uh, you know, this is going to be another one. They, I think they're going to tear the house down. I think this is yeah. going to be the match of the night yes, between these two guys. Who do you got? Oh, gosh. I'm definitely going to go with Ricochet. Okay, so Ricochet I... hangs on to the title. Yes. All right, I agree with you. I think Ricochet, yeah. it's time for him to continue being our United States champion. And uh, I don't think it's quite time for AJ to take the belt. So mm -hmm, Ricochet yeah. retains that title after extreme rules. All right, so let's head into the next one. Interesting here. Roman Reigns versus the returning Undertaker. I'm sorry. Let's back up and say that again. Roman Reigns. Did I say versus or did I say teaming up with? What did I say? I don't know. I don't know what I said. So let's start over with that. Okay. <laughs> Roman Reigns and the Undertaker, the returning Undertaker, versus Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre in a no-holds-barred hmm. match. Anything can happen in this one. No yeah. telling what the heck's going to happen. I mean, honestly. I'm going to go with Roman Reigns and The Undertaker coming out the winners. I want to agree with you on this one. There's no doubt that they're not that they're going to win. So, you know, is this going to set up another matchup? I've heard speculation that The Undertaker possibly having a match with Drew McIntyre down the road, maybe whether that's going to be WrestleMania next year and whether that's going to be SummerSlam coming up around the corner. Something else is going to feed off of this match. Mm -hmm. Interesting to see what happens. I take Roman Reigns Undertaker. You do the same. Yes. All right. Okay, the next match is the WWE Championship match. The champion, Kofi Kingston versus Samoa Joe. Okay. I'm going to let you take this one. All right. So Kofi versus Samoa. Mm -hmm. This is another tough one. I love this matchup. I think they've done a really good job telling the story leading up to the match. Let's see how good they continue that story once they get in the ring. I'm going to say that Kofi retains the championship. Yeah, I'm going to do the same just because, like, I really, really like Kofi Kingston, and I feel like he just he's not going to put up with Samoa Joe. He's really not. So yeah. this is definitely the time. Yeah. So we saw, Kofi, we saw Kofi get a little edgier on the... Uh, SmackDown, uh, <laughs> throwing a gesture up to Samoa Joe, uh, uh -huh. showing a different side of Kofi. And mm -hmm. let's see if he carries that over into the match. We both agree that he will retain. Yes. All right. So, final match of the night. This is a very interesting one. I really like where yeah, they're going with this. Yeah. I love the stipulation on this. Mm -hmm. Winner take all. Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch, the power couple of WWE, yes. versus Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. So, again, the winner of this match takes both championships. So, think about this for a second. Yeah. Lacey could pin Becky, and Seth loses his title oh without my. without anything without taking a pinfall, yeah. or vice versa. Baron could beat could pin Seth, and Becky loses her title. That's going to be, like, unbelievable. That's crazy. I know. That's crazy, yeah. but it makes me want to watch it. Yeah, it does. It really does. So, this is another one I've gone back and forth on. Mm -hmm. I, I keep thinking, okay, no, 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 no. They're they're not going to lose both titles in this scenario. 
And then another part of me is like, well, you know what? This has never been done before. What if they do it? What if they pull off this victory? Let me let me point something out here about our Applebee's manager, oh Baron Corbin. Mm. I will have to say this. I don't know if this has to do with the with the new writing that's going on, or the new executive producer and Paul Heyman. But on Raw Monday night, it showed him. It showed his tattoos more on his chest. His, mm-hmm. his sleeves were rolled up. He had his shirt unbuttoned more, showing those tattoos. Had his sleeves rolled up more, showing the tattoos. Showing him in an edgier look. That's what I kind of liked about Baron Corbin from the very beginning. His attire, his look, looked very edgy. And maybe they're starting to wise up and say, you know what? You got some pretty cool tattoos. Mm-hmm. You got a pretty good look about yourself. Let's show that a little bit more. Yeah. Let's get you away from this Applebee's manager yeah, role. Yeah, you need to take it off. It's annoying. I agree. I agree. Again, I could just be completely premature on this and totally wrong on this whole situation, but I noticed it. Mm-hmm. So let's see if they continue down that path. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to go with Seth and Becky keeping their titles. What do you think? I'm going to disagree with you. Oh, my goodness. Because I'm going to say Barrett Corbin and Lacey Evans are going to take it because I just think that – Either Baron Corbin or Lacey are going to pin one of them, and it's just going to be out of nowhere. Like, it's going to yeah. happen, and you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, did that just actually happen? That would be a uh, very shocking moment. That yeah, would be yeah, that, uh, oh, my gosh moment. But I, that's what the, that's what they want the yeah. fans to, like, have in their minds. Like, oh, my gosh, that just happened. O-M-G <laughs> moment. <laughs> yes, definitely. But I feel like there's going to be, like, if I think – Barry Corbin and Lacey are going to win. I think that there's going to be a little bit of, like, bickering between Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. Good point. So they are going to, like, bicker back all and right. forth. Yeah, all right, great, great point like, there. It's y'all. It's all your fault. Great like, you point. let him pin you. Great point. You made me lose my title. Are you kidding me? Great point. Yes. Great. I could definitely see it going oh, yeah. down that road. Oh, yeah. Interesting. You got me thinking. Yeah. All right. We, we shall see. So that does it. Those are our predictions. We hope you were entertained by it. We hope that you will tune in. We hope that you will keep up with our predictions. We will post those on social media. Again, on our Facebook page, on our Twitter page, on our Instagram page, Chair 2 Cranium. It's Chair the number 2 Cranium. Chair 2 Cranium on Instagram and on Twitter. Go check it out there. You'll see what our final record will be for the pay-per-view and overall once it's over. So again, we thank you so very much for tuning in. Tell your friends, tell your family about us, support us, like us, subscribe to us, all those things. We greatly appreciate it. Until next time, thank you for taking another cheer shot to the cranium. Adios.